What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Sapi. He can be found on Twitter at KyleSapiPFN. And Derek Tate. He can be found on Twitter at Derek Tate NFL. Gentlemen, this is the final mock draft of the year here on the podcast. How are we feeling going into it? Doing great. I mean, we're a week and a day away from games that actually count. Like, that is amazing. The last mock draft means we're closer to real drafts. I got my first real one tomorrow. Looking forward to it. I, I, I'm just excited to get games account. Like, I don't know about you guys, but preseason's great. Regular season's better. I'm ready for these drafts to count. I, I'm loving the mocks, and I'm loving the Discord activity. I love the fact that when we set up one of these mocks, it sometimes takes less than 30 seconds for these things to fill up. <laughs> it's great practice, but I'm ready for them to actually count. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting... Tired of the preseason, ready to get into the real thing. I'm, I'm the same way, fellas. I did my first draft uh, of the year over on Monday night. And so, uh, but you know that I have my values. You guys know that I have my targets that I go after here. And so you can get them in pretty much every mock draft that you do. But when you go into a real draft, you're anticipating, especially doing what we do, uh, especially in doing what we do, where people know our picks, people know our targets because we talk about them all the time. You're just anticipating that you're not going to end up with them I ended up getting several of my guys this year. Let's, let's see if it plays out this way here in the mock draft as well. Before we do, let's get into the Jonathan Taylor news. This broke yesterday afternoon at the worst possible time for me as I have both of my kids picking up one of them from the school bus. Uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, will not be traded at this time and has been placed on the pup list. Now, it is important to note that he can still be traded, right? This is still within the window of he can still be traded. The trade deadline is way far away, so he can still be moved to another team. However, if a team acquires him, he will still be out at least the first four games of the season. However, my gut reaction is if Indianapolis did not get that offer here now, why why would they get that in four weeks or five weeks, whatever the case may be? So, fellas, I want to throw it to you. Sapi, I'll start with you. Should fantasy managers still be drafting Jonathan Taylor? What in the world do you do with Jonathan Taylor if you have him in a draft and or if you have a draft this weekend? Yeah, I mean, people come to us for the hot takes and the rankings and all that stuff. And I would love to give you some flaming hot take where I know exactly what's going on. And I say, Jonathan Taylor is going to win you your league by doing this. I don't know that for sure. Nobody does. I've got him running back 36 right now. Basically, I want to build out a starting lineup before even sniffing that direction you mentioned the first four weeks trade deadlines not till halloween that's you know week eight week after week eight of the season so there is that flexibility for him to get moved but right now i've got him outside the running backs that i feel good about getting 12 to 15 touches a week so that's behind both commander backs that's behind a guy like aj Dillon. you know in that range with the strong backups we got eli mitchell jalen warren are in the same range in which i'm considering jonathan taylor right now running back 36 for me but like I said, he could be, I, you could rank him just about anywhere and I could explain it. So that's where I landed for right now. I'm not targeting him going to drafts right now. Derek, you had a bold take uh, about a month ago that Jonathan Taylor would fall outside the top 24 running backs. Uh, so I Book mean, it. you need to go, you need to go buy a lottery ticket is essentially what I'm saying here. What are your thoughts and reactions uh, upon hearing that Jonathan Taylor news? You know, I'm kind of rubbing my face and going, oh, what am I going to do with him in Dynasty? Now, now, now it's a complete absolute dumpster fire headache of a situation that you're just going to have to hold and for those of you I, I almost want to pour one out for the folks that took a chance on him and bought you know bought the yeah. dip in the second round of actual fantasy drafts and now they're looking at him being on the shelf for a minimum of four weeks 
guys, I don't know how you feel, but I don't. I feel like there's a, a strong chance this this young man has played his final snap as an Indianapolis Colt. Who's to say that this ankle injury isn't going to linger throughout the rest of the season? Because Taylor's made it pretty clear he doesn't want to play, be a Colt anymore, and they haven't been able to secure a deal. I don't. Now, I put him at running back 26 in case they do get a deal done. Sure. But I, I'm kind of feeling a little bit more on, on Soppy's side at running back 36, whereas if I'm on the clock in the fifth round, am I really going to want to take Jonathan Taylor? Right now, he seems way too risky yeah. to feel confident in because there is no guaranteed timetable in which he returns. So I talked about this. I talked about this, you know, last week saying with Jonathan Taylor, definitely not comfortable having him as an RB one on my roster, right? You just can simply Mm -hmm. at this, at that point, you could not rely on him as an RB two. It was potentially worth the risk. Now we know that it's certainly not worth the risk. Now you got to put it kind of into like RB four category on my roster is kind of where I'm comfortable with him. I put him right behind Alvin Kamara in my rankings. So I think uh, Jonathan Taylor's at like RB 32, Alvin Kamara at RB 31 in my rankings. These guys, guys are they have the potential to be really really solid top 12 options if they return and when they come back uh from three games and four games respectively but there's also the potential for jonathan taylor that it's at least four games there's a potential that he doesn't come back and play at all this year so is that you got to find that risk that that risk reward balance where does that come into play that for me is at rb4 on my roster and that probably means that i will end up with zero shares of jonathan taylor because someone else will most likely take the shot on him well before i do and you know what? I'm okay with that this year. I'm okay with not having Jonathan Taylor on my roster because of just simply how much risk there is wrapped up into it. All right. Let's get into a mock draft here, fellas. Like I said, the final one of the year. Before we do, we have a free fantasy football draft kit that you guys need to know about over at pfnfantasy.com. Consensus sleepers, breakouts, bus, cheat sheets. The cheat sheets have been, I mean, printable cheat sheets. The numbers of the number of you that have downloaded our printable cheat sheets and have taken them into your drafts is absolutely astonishing. It's incredible. PFNFantasy.com to get this free fantasy football draft kit. Our rankings are there, consensus rankings. You can find mock drafts, everything that you need to dominate your draft over at PFNFantasy.com. Make sure to go over there and you can absolutely dominate your draft here this weekend or this week. Who knows when exactly you're drafting. All right. Speaking of drafting, let's get into it. We are doing a half PPR mock draft here today. Derek, you are picking from the four spot. I am picking from the seven spot. Soppy at the turn at the 12 spot. There we've got, as far as the rosters, we've got one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, one normal flex spot. And then we've got six bench spots for this one. We are not doing any defenses or kickers. So, uh, fellas, let's get into it. Are we ready to kick this off? Let's go. LFG is the kids say. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill off the board at the one, two Christian McCaffrey at the one, three Derek, you are on the clock here at the one, four. I will remind the people that we will get to a certain point where I cannot read out every single pick here. So if you want to watch this mock draft, make sure to go over to youtube.com slash at PFN fantasy. You can see the draft board play out there. Derek at the one, four, where are we going? Yeah, speaking of the draft board, normally when I'm sitting at the 104, I've seen Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Christian McCaffrey be the first three picks, which then kind of puts you with Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup. Um, and I I kind of like to avoid that running back dead zone, but realistically, if Jamar Chase falls to me at four, I'm going to go ahead and lock him up. And in particular, in a league where you got to start three wide receivers, I feel really good about my first pick being Jamar Chase. So I'm going to 
keep it pretty simple. I think that you should feel very confident with Jamar Chase there at the 1-4. Uh, Tyreek Hill going off the board at the 1-2. Must be someone here from PFN drafting. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I was just going to say. <laughs> All right, then we've got Cooper Cup at the 1-5. Austin Eckler at the 1-6. I'm now on the clock at the 1-7. You know what, fellas? I haven't done this at all this offseason. Travis Kelsey. Travis, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey. Lock yeah. it in right here. Let's Ooh. see how this lineup builds out here as we go Travis Kelsey at the 1-7. We know what we are getting. And I did a write-up here recently over on the website talking about Travis Kelsey and just saying, until we see the drop-off happen, until we see it physically happen with our eyes, we cannot let Travis Kelsey fall farther than the 1-8, the 1-9 in drafts. Like, we just cannot do it. We have been fading Travis Kelsey for the last four years, saying the drop-off is going to happen, the drop-off is going to happen, the age will catch up, regression's coming, and it simply has not happened, and he has carried fantasy lineups to fantasy championships that entire time. I'm not going to make that mistake here. I'm going to go Travis Kelsey at the 1-7, and let's see how the build-out happens here after that. Bijan Robinson at the 1-8, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, some running backs flying off the board here. Then A.J. Brown at the 1-11, Sapi, you are on the clock at the 1-12. Some running backs flying off the board, but not the right one. And I'm going to make a statement here. Picking at the turn, obviously, you get two in a row. But one gets that first-round label, and that's going to be Tony Pollard for me. I, he just is that good. We've seen the efficiency. He and Zeke combined for 56 catches last year. That's about what I have him projected for this year. Like I said, over five yards a carry for his career. I see no reason why he can't return first-round value. A month ago when we were started here, he was going like 2-3 turn. It was really a value. That ADP spiking now, but he's still not going first round in most spots. I'm picking at the turn, so obviously he won't be there when it gets back on me. I'm getting my guy in Tony Pollard. I think he's got tier one potential, and so does Stefan Diggs. I think he could emerge into the top four receivers this year. So I'm picking at the turn, and I get an opportunity to take two guys that I think have tier one upside at their position. I love picking at the turn. Give me Pollard Diggs to start. At the turn, you start the runs, right? You have to anticipate yeah, and say, you know, you've got to be able to get your guys here because you know that they are not going to make it back to you all the way around that turn. So Tony Pollard there at the 112, Stephon Diggs at the 2-1 to balance out your roster. All right, I'm back on the clock here after we saw Patrick Mahomes, Devontae Adams, Derrick Henry, and Amon Ross St. Brown go off the board there. I'm on the clock at the 2-6. Got Travis Kelsey at the 1-7. Looking at some of the running backs that are on the board, it is Josh Jacobs. It is Jonathan Taylor. Ha-ha. Uh, Najee Harris, <laughs> Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, Jameer Gibbs, Joe Mixon a little bit further down the board. Let's see if one of those guys can come back to me. Looking at the wide receiver position, man, C.D. Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave. Do I want to go with locking in Josh Jacobs? He has reported he is in town for Las Vegas this year. However, is he going to get that workload right out of the gate? I'm going to go to the wide receiver position. Let's go full send. Let's go Garrett Wilson here in New York. Let's see how this plays out with Aaron Rodgers. You saw in the third preseason game, just that ball placement from Aaron Rodgers, that chemistry already with Garrett Wilson. I think we're in line for a big year. <coughs> oh, goodness. And I think that as we look at uh, the situation that he's in, I mean, it's Alan Lazard, it's Randall Cobb, uh, Corey Davis retired. It's um, who, who else is there? Uh, Tyler Conklin. Garrett, yeah, yeah. I think Garrett Wilson's in line for a big target workload here this year. Gladly add him to the team here at the 2-6. CeeDee Lamb at the 2-7. Josh Jacobs at the 2-8. Derek, you're on the clock at the 2-9. Yeah, and I'm a little upset, but it kind of makes sense. I didn't think Josh Jacobs would even get anywhere close to me 
at this point in the second round. So uh, I'm, I'm a little upset because I thought there was a split chance I might be able to get him, but that's not the case. And this is what kind of worries me about the running back dead zone. And this was where I was potentially going to go B. John Robinson at 104 if Jamar Chase didn't fall to me, but he did, which now you, you got a lot of running backs that you don't feel necessarily 1,000% great about. Najee Harris has Jalen Warren. Travis Etienne has Tank Bigsby. Ramondre Stevenson, who knows if he maintains that rushing, that receiving volume that he had last year and loses a little bit of work to Zeke Elliott. Then there's Jameer Gibbs, and it gets a little bit rough. There is one more guy that I like, and that Dang is it. Joe Mixon. So being able to, to nab Joe Mixon there, I feel really good about his volume and investing heavily in an offense there in Cincinnati um, that I think is going to be among the top scoring units in the NFL. Gets back to me. And then I'm going to go ahead and kind of pivot back to the wide receiver position. Normally, I would go ahead and pull the trigger on T. Higgins, but I don't <laughs> want to have three Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm going to go ahead and pivot a little bit and go with Calvin Ridley, who I believe is going to see a ton of volume in that Dougie Peterson, Jacksonville offense with Trevor Lawrence at the helm. So I feel really good about my 2-3 turn. Uh, with Mixon and Ridley. Yeah, Mixon, they're uh, the final top 10 running back uh, still available, right? Uh, I think that the workload is there. I think that you definitely see the opportunity for him this year. In a high-powered offense, makes a ton of sense to add him there at the 2-9. Josh Allen went off the board just around the turn. Then Jonathan Taylor at the 2-11. Apparently, Sleeper hasn't caught up with the fact Jonathan Taylor's <laughs> not going to play the first four weeks. Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, Devontae Smith, Travis Etienne before your selection. Then you obviously went Calvin Ridley. I'm back on the clock here at the 3-7. And I'm looking at, again, I wanted to look at the running back board. You're looking at Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Brees Hall. Uh, those are, I mean, guys that I'm just not super keen on investing in. We've talked about them plenty here on this podcast. I look at the wide receiver position, though. It is T. Higgins, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel. T. Higgins still being available is a little bit surprising here at the 3-7. So I'm going to pull the trigger there. I want to see if I can get a running back to fall back to me in the fourth round here. This is kind of just playing the draft board, understanding who's available. Go T. Higgins here as my wide receiver two alongside Garrett Wilson. Both, I mean, T. Higgins is just outside the top 12 wide receivers for me this year. Garrett Wilson just inside the top 10. To be able to get both of them onto my roster with Travis Kelsey as well. We'll see how the running back position shapes out as we move forward. Brees Hall, Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson go off the board the next three picks. Amari Cooper and then Kyle Sapi. You're back on the clock with Tony Pollard and Stephon Diggs as the start of your roster. Yeah, I'm going to pivot from what I would normally do here and try something a little different. That's what mock drafts are for. You want to try out strategies and see how it works. I'm going to go double onesie here. T. Higgins was in my draft, and I was looking there. I didn't really believe he'd fall that far. Kyle gets him. More power to you. I'm going to go, like I said, double onesie. We're going Todd Munkin might be the name of my team. That's just going to be it. <laughs> Not forget any creative player team name. I'm just going to be the fighting Todd Munkins. We're going Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews up here at the 3-4 turn to give me that stack. Knock off both onesie positions with high volume. Again, both guys that I think could emerge into tier one options at their position. That gives me four for four. I've got guys that I think could satisfy that tier one ranking at each of the positions. All right. Then we had DK Metcalf, Ken Walker, Debo Samuel, and Aaron Jones go off the board one pick before. Damn. That's who I was hoping would fall back to me. That final guy just inside my top 12 running backs on the year did not make it back to me, but... Let's go to the running back position here because I cannot continue to push this further down the board because the running back board gets real gross real quick. Let's go with Alexander Madison here. We've been hearing some rumors about Minnesota potentially looking at the veteran free agent market. You know, we've still got guys. We've still got guys like Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt hanging around. 
Earlier, right before we started recording, we got news that Miles Gaskin, uh, who was released by the Miami Dolphins, signed with Minnesota here. So I think that he's a fine pass catch and compliment to Alexander Madison alongside Ty Chandler. This is Alexander Madison's backfield, man. Like completely 100% for an offense that is going to be on the field a ton this year. I am really, really happy to get Alexander Madison here, a workhorse running back at the 4-6. Keenan Allen off the board. George Kittle. Derek, you're on the clock at the 4-9. Yeah, I was really, you know, I knew you were going to go running back and I was holding my breath because I'm, I, I love Damian Pierce. I truly believe he is going to be a bell cow back in 2023. And I think there were what two players or excuse me, six players that saw 26 or more carries twice in a game last season. Damian Pierce was one of those six backs. Oh, by the way, he only played 13 games last year. He was well on pace for over 300 touches and no running back that saw more than 300 total touches in 2022 finished outside of the top 15 at the running back position. So I think the volume in a bad offense is going to be there for Damian Pierce. So I, I love locking him up, him up as my running back too. And then as it gets back to me, I thought maybe Miles Sanders there, but as it does kind of swing back around, I'm excited about what I've seen so far from this offense in the preseason from Christian Watson and the Green Bay Packers. So him as my wide receiver three, I think there's going to be a nice floor that I can count on, but also the ceiling is way higher than a lot of the other wide receivers in this round. So I feel really good about getting Christian Watson and Damian Pierce at the 4-5 turn. Uh, Sapi, I want to talk about Christian Watson really quick because you and I are, uh, you know, a little bit further down the rankings on Watson this year than yeah. I think Derek is. However, he got him as his wide receiver three. Is that a fine spot to take that chance on Christian Watson? Roster construction wise, I think it is. There's still some guys on the board and I don't want to spoil my pick uh, that I would take over Watson. But yeah, I mean, wide receiver three, that's about where I think he should be ranked positionally. It's just you're still ahead of a handful of guys that I prefer and to provide more safety than Jordan Love does. All right. I'm on the clock here at the 5-7. Justin Fields is staring me in the face. And you love Fields. I really, really love Justin Fields this year. However, I went the early tight end route. So do I want to pull a sappy here and go with yeah, bold, <laughs> go with bold the quarterback and a tight end early on? Or do I want to wait on quarterback here, potentially grab an Anthony Richardson later on in this draft? And instead, go Mike Williams here at the 5'7 to be mm. my wide receiver three. Like that upside no, for Williams. He's a top 20 wide receiver on the year. For, I'm going to go Williams. I can't let I can't let Williams <laughs> fall uh, if I'm that big of a believer uh, in him. Obviously, I love Justin Fields this year and think that he has the potential to finish as the QB1. However, I am because I went tight end early. I'm going to load up on the wide receiver position, especially when we have to start three of them. And I will look at quarterback later on. I think quarterback is pretty deep this year, too, as we talked about that. Uh, Mike Williams at the 5'7". Then we got guys like Cam Akers, Terry McLaurin, Justin Fields goes off the board. At the 5'10", J.K. Dobbins at the 5'11". Kyle Soppy, you have one running back, one ride to see, one wide receiver, one tight end, one quarterback on your roster. Where are we going here? Yeah, I really wanted it to be Mike Williams. Uh, I'm not not going to lie. I'm not happy with you right now, Yates. I mean, that that's just not how I wanted that to go. I had him and George Pickens lined up, and I'm like, all right, we're going to get all the upside. We're going to get basically George Pickens, I think, could be year two Mike Williams. That's double-digit touchdowns over 15 yards of catch and come on strong when it matters most. So I'm going to get Pickens. You couldn't take both my guys. So I'm going to go Pickens there. And then the perennially underrated Tyler Lockett. I just don't know what the man has to do to get some respect around here. I'm going to take him with the first pick of the sixth round. He could probably go around, round and a half higher. 
I think there's a good chance that he could be the most valuable fantasy receiver in this Seattle offense that we all think showed some signs last year under Geno Smith. We think they're going to be good again this year. JSN's banged up already. Give me some Tyler Lockett. Lock in that consistent production for my wide receiver three. Uh, really quick question with Tyler Lockett because we do have JSN now. He returned to practice yesterday, but obviously mm-hmm. coming off of the wrist surgery, we don't think that he's going to be ready for week one. Uh, and it's Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll said he'll be ready for week one. Uh, he's going to be back week six or seven. It's so, November. Yeah. <laughs> so Tyler Lockett is a strategy that people could deploy this year. Like if it's just DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to begin the year, do you draft Lockett and then week two before JSN comes back? Do you ship him off for sure. a player that you drafted three rounds higher? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, strategically, that's fine with me. I think JSN cuts into the workload for both he and DK a little bit, but even if you're stuck, yep. quote unquote, stuck with him, I'm getting him in the sixth round. I think he's a pros pro. All he does is produce every single season, no matter the quarterback, the situation. He's just one of the most efficient receivers in the game. I don't think that's going anywhere. All right, then we got some tight ends going off the board here. Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, and then Trevor Lawrence uh, off the board at the 6'4". Darren Waller at the 6'5". I'm back on the clock here at the 6'6". I only have Alexander Madison as a starting running back on my roster, so let's go ahead and add David Montgomery to the team here. Uh, David Montgomery and Alexander Madison, two spots off in my running back rankings, and I get David Montgomery two rounds later, and I had to reach for him uh, on Sleeper's ADP. David Montgomery walking into that role that saw Jamal Williams handle 262 rush attempts last year. And I think that David Montgomery is more talented than Jamal Williams running behind this offensive line for an offense that is going to be high powered yet again, with the continuity on offense from Ben Johnson, staying on as the offensive coordinator, big fan of David Montgomery this year. I think that he has the potential. He has the potential, not guarantee the potential uh to finish as a top 10 running back this year. I will go to David Montgomery here at the six, six Deandre Swift at the six, seven Chris Godwin at the six, eight, Derek, you're on the clock at the 6-9. Yeah, I bravo with the David Montgomery pick because I definitely would have scooped him with one of my next two picks to provide a little bit of running back depth in my lineup. Unfortunately, DeAndre Swift went right after him too, which is one of my breakout guys. And I'm still a believer, even though there's been some reports about Kenneth Gainwell potentially being the guy that sees the most carries to start the season, but I digress. So I'll kind of go back and, and just pivot to the wide receiver position. And, you know, Deontay Johnson... I want to invest heavily in this Pittsburgh passing attack. I think that there's nothing wrong with going with George Pickens. George Pickens represents a lot more, you know, deep play, big play upside. I think he's a better red zone option for sure than Deontay, but Deontay's still going to get that volume. Positive touchdown regression is in session for 2023. So I'm okay going with him as my kind of my flex option. And then I could swing it back over to running back. I'm not huge on any of the guys right here. I mean, there's Rashad White. There's Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I'm not a big Dalvin Cook guy. Uh, James Cook is the one that's really staring me in the face that I want to go ahead and go with. But I'd be passing on a guy that I I really, really love at the wide receiver position. I'm going to make sure I get my guy in Zay Flowers. I I believe he's going to be the top scoring fantasy wide receiver in Baltimore this year. And if you believe Lamar Jackson's an MVP candidate in 2023, one of these receivers is going to have to emerge, and I strongly believe it's going to be Zay Flowers. All right, I'm back on the clock here at the 7-7. I've got two guys that I'm kind of eyeing here, uh, and I think that based on the teams that are around... Oh, you, have, you haven't drafted. You've only gotten Tony Pollard as a running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably not <laughs> making it back to me. Also, the wide receiver. I know that if I don't take Gabe Davis, then you are for sure going to take him around the turn, Kyle Salpi. So... 
Oh, know your draft room. Very know important. my draft room. Uh, I'm going to go and add some running back depth here. As much as I love Gabe Davis, the running back position dries up a lot quicker than the wide receiver position. I've got guys that you guys all know that I love later on at the wide receiver position. So hopefully I can scoop them up. I'm going to go AJ Dillon here at the 7-7. I've talked about AJ Dillon uh, and the, the philosophy and coaching strategy of Matt LaFleur. Back in 2018 uh, in Tennessee as the offensive coordinator, we saw Matt LaFleur slow the game down, lean on the run game. Obviously you have Derrick Henry, but AJ Dillon at 250 pounds is about as close as you're going to get to Derrick Henry being able to handle 20 plus touches per game. You move Aaron Jones around the formation as a receiver. I still like Aaron Jones this year, but AJ Dillon could be in line for a massive, massive workload here in 2023. I am happy to add him here as a depth option for me as my running back three. We got Jordan Addison, James Cook, Michael Pittman Jr., Jackson Smith, and Jigba off the board. Stop you're on the clock at 712. Yeah, I mean, you were looking running back there. I want to ask you, Isaiah Pacheco went 30 picks after Damian Pierce. Were you going to go that way if he was there? Because you wouldn't have never lived that down if you did. No, I think Pacheco would have been in consideration there for me. Um, I've got Pacheco just a couple spots higher. I think four spots off the top of my head higher in my running back rankings than A.J. Dillon. So it would have been Pacheco there first. Um, But also A.J. Dillon, just that safety. I know the work that he's going to get versus Pacheco, who... Could be a top 10 running back. He could also not be anywhere close to the running back two territory as well. So anyway, stop here on the clock at 712. That would have made my day to see you pick Pacheco. That's all. (laughs) Uh, You you nailed my pick right here. We're going with Gabe Davis. I've got three receivers, but we can start four because we have a flex. I just think the upside's there. This offense is that good. We saw the target share nearly double last season. And like, listen, you've got Diggs, and then I'm really not sold on the other pass catchers in this offense. Stuff or Gabe Davis gives me access to one of the best offenses in the league. No brainer weekly flex for me there. And eventually I'm told we have to start two running backs, so I should draft a second one. Khalil Herbert for me, gonna be the lead guy in Chicago. I know me and Derek differ on that a little bit, but the big play upside, and I still think that offense can sustain two viable running backs, much like they did last year. So Herbert's gonna be my running back too, but I get him all the way in the eighth round. Not too bad price wise for me. Any consideration there for Dalvin Cook, who is still on the board? Cook and Rashad White were on my board for both of them. I, I decided to pass because Cook comes with a little more risk. And at this point, I'm eight players deep and I have one running back. So I couldn't absorb too much. But yeah, he was on the on my radar for sure. Soppy, is, is, he, is Dalvin Cook still number 18 in your running back rankings? He is, but it, I mean, it comes with an asterisk and I want to do it with a specific type of build. You know, like I, I can't <laughs> take him at my running back. To, like I'm confident in him and more confident than most. But penciling him in is my every week RB2s kind of flirting with the danger zone there. So I went with a guy I feel a little safer for the extended season in Khalil Herbert. All right, I'm back on the clock here at the 8-6. Looking at the running back board, it's guys like Antonio Gibson, Zach Charbonnet, Brian Robinson, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, Samaj P. Ryan. Man, like I said, it dries up pretty quickly here. Uh, but I've only got three running backs. I've got three wide receivers, obviously. Travis Kelsey, let's take a look at the wide receivers that are available on the board. Jahan Dotson, Kadarius Tony, Michael Thomas, Quentin Johnston, Trey Lon Burks as well. At the quarterback position, Dak Prescott, Tua Tungavailoa, Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Richardson. Like I said, I'm kind of zeroing in on Anthony Richardson. However, I think that I can get him around the turn based on some of the other teams that have already drafted quarterbacks. This is me really just kind of filibustering as I'm trying to figure out what in the world to do <laughs> with my selection. I will go Jahan Dotson here. Uh, this is actually going to be like the first share, uh, the first time I think all year that I have drafted Jahan Dotson. But with Terry McLaurin dealing with that toe injury, the turf toe injury, we don't know if he's going to be out there in week one. 
Jahan Dotson could be in line for a big opportunity there in week one. And we know that he has the talent level. We saw it last year in a really, really terrible situation from a quarterback standpoint Him produce. And if we can get Jahan Dotson producing and seeing eight plus targets in week one, week two, while Terry McLaurin is sidelined, you get the flex appeal. You get that flex benefit of plugging him into your lineup. But then also, like I talked about with Tyler Lockett for Soppy, I can ship off Jahan Dotson. I can trade him because Mm -hmm. that value is going to be higher. So there's a little bit of strategy there. Looking at some of the other names on the board, wasn't as impressed. I will go Jahan Dotson here at the 8-6. Then we got Antonio Gibson, Zach Charbonnet off the board. Derek, you're on the clock at the 8-9. Yeah, I'm a little upset because I I got sniped by Team 5 with Zach Charbonnet. I was really, really hoping to be able to pull him on my squad at kind of a, a guy that I expect his role to expand as the season progresses. But heading into the season, uh, right now we're in the eighth round, and you mentioned running back dries up pretty quickly. I think there's a strong possibility that Brian Robinson leads like this it. backfield. I know it's not, an ex- it's not an exciting backfield, but I still think that there's a strong chance he finishes the year with 200-plus carries. And if I'm getting that in the eighth round as my running back three, I'm all right with that. Now, I'm on the, on the clock. And I'm sitting here looking at like Anthony Richardson. And I know you kept saying, I think he'll be there. I think he'll be there. I'm so tempted to go ahead and and make him my quarterback and kind of pair him with somebody else as the season progresses. But I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. Dang it. I still believe believe that Elijah Moore is going to bring back wide receiver two type value. And he's my wide receiver six on this squad where you got to start three. So I'm very happy with getting him in the ninth round. Elijah Moore, uh, Dak Prescott, Traylon Burks uh, was the other guy that I was considering as Burks returned to practice yesterday as well. Not obviously looking 100%, but seems like he's potentially on track to play in week one. Fantastic. All right, here at the 9-7, let's evaluate, uh, go back to the drawing board here and try to figure out what in the world I'm going to do. I will add Anthony Richardson here. Uh, I think he is worth the upside. Now, is it going to be pretty in week one? Probably not. However, the fantasy points that he will get me as a rushing quarterback will be pretty. And if we can get him to develop and progress as the year moves along, then Anthony Richardson could easily push into that top eight quarterback territory, just simply based on the fact that he is the most athletic quarterback that we have ever seen enter the NFL. So if I'm going to take a chance on a mobile quarterback here this year, yeah, give me Anthony Richardson. And maybe later on I can stack him with a, you know, Jared Goff or with a even Brock Purdy, just to give me some sort of stability there. If in week one, we know that Anthony Richardson just did, it was not looking the part, but I think that he's going to be viable for fantasy just because of that rushing upside. So I'll go Anthony Richardson here at the nine, seven to be my quarterback one soppy on the clock at the nine twelve. Yeah. I think that's the right way to approach Richardson. You can start him. You can draft him as a starter, but I'm not leaving the draft with him as my only quarterback. So I think you're on the right path there at the nine ten turn. I don't have much running back depth. Like I've got Pollard, I've got Herbert, but that's it. So I'm going to try to corner the market on this Dolphins backfield. Right now I'm quite a bit higher than the field on Raheem Mostert, considering he's pretty much the only healthy guy right there in Miami at the moment. But if we've learned anything from watching Mostert over the years, he's not going to stay that way. Maybe not through September, maybe not through October. So I'm going to go Mostert and think that he could be a flex option as long as he's healthy. And if he goes down, A-chain's right behind him. I trust those guys, one of those two, to be leading that backfield in touches while Wilson is already banged up and figures to stay as much throughout the season. So give me both Dolphin running backs to give me one solid running back eventually. Watch Jeff Wilson 
handles 70% of the oh, carries. That was awesome. I might get him next round. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just go all in. Uh, all right. Here at the 10-6, I'm back on the clock here. Uh, running through my roster so far, I've got Travis Kelsey, Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, Mike Williams at the wide receiver position, then Jahan Dotson, then at running back, Alexander Madison, David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, Anthony Richardson there at quarterback. Let's take a look at the wide receivers that are on the board. We've got Sky Moore staring me right in the face. That is a easy automatic selection for me at the 10-6 we allowed ourselves to get a little bit too carried away last year with sky Moore making that transition mm -hmm. from western michigan into the nfl but we started to see good things as the year progressed last season and i think that he is in line to be the starting slot receiver in this offense and potentially even the target hog outside of travis kelsey uh at the wider in the wide receiver core here for this offense sky Moore at the 10 6 to be my wide receiver five is just an easy and automatic selection for me every single time kirk cousins dalton kincaid off the board in between Derek and my picks Derek, you're on the clock at the 10 9. yeah so right now looking at my roster construction i've got three running backs to go with six wide receivers so i i feel like i can let my foot off the gas a little bit when it comes to the receiver position and continue to kind of build some running back depth. I, I, I like that Soppy went with the Miami stack. Um, I do feel as if we've seen that Tank Bigsby is going to have some sort of role in this offense. And do I think that there is a path where he may be the more productive, efficient, short line option at some point towards the middle of the season? Yes. And if this is going to be the type of offense that we think that it could be, which is, you know, potentially in the top 10, if best case scenario, top five in scoring, Bigsby should have a, a big enough role to be a flex option, even if there's no in injury to Travis Etienne. So now I'm kind of, uh, at one, at some point, I do have to address the quarterback or tight end position. I really, really, really still want to continue to get running backs that I like at this point in the draft. But I'm going to go ahead and go with Geno Smith. Geno Smith had a phenomenal year last year. I understand that we're all a little hesitant to believe that he's going to give us an encore performance in 2023. But when you look at just his receivers and running backs, there's an argument to be made that he has a top five position group uh, as far as pure playmakers go in the NFL. I'm really excited to see what Geno Smith can do this season. They decided to go ahead and extend him for a reason. So at this point in the 11th round, I'll go ahead and take a guy who finishes a top 10 quarterback with a bunch of playmakers surrounding him heading into the year. At the 11-7, I went ahead and just easily selected Jalen Warren. I think if you go over to pfnfantasy.com, you take a dart and you just throw it at any article, you will find Jalen Warren mentioned somewhere, somehow, in our sleepers, in mock drafts, whatever the case may be. We have done a ton uh, of content around Jalen Warren this year and the value that he presents currently in drafts. So this is just, we've talked about him you know, nonstop, so I don't need to go into this pick much more. Jalen Warren as my running back four is... A very, very easy selection for me. Soppy, you're on the clock at the 11-12. You talked about throwing a dart, and if you threw a dart at any of my articles, there's a pretty yeah. good chance you hit Jacoby Myers. <laughs> I don't care if it's a running back article. He's probably mentioned in there somewhere. <laughs> so I get him in the first or last pick of the 11th round, first pick of the 12th, however you want to spin it. I get my guy here. It was really just a waiting game. I wanted to see how long I could wait and uh, not pull the trigger, but I, I'm getting a little trigger happy here. So I'm going to take... Jacoby Myers, again, I, I think the volume's going to be there. Quality of targets from Garoppolo. Jacoby Myers, top 100 player for me. Nowhere near that in ADP. And Kendra Miller, more of a Yates guy than my guy, but 
with Kamara out for the first month of the year, first three games of the season, he's going to get a chance to shine and show us what he can do. I believe in the Saints offense. That volume is going to be there early. May not get the scoring opportunities with Jamal Williams in town, but I think he gets a chance to show his stuff. So he's worth a dart throw here late in the draft for a team that doesn't have much running back depth. All right. Jacoby Myers there. Uh, Sampi, mm-hmm. in my draft on Monday, uh, I want you to know I drafted Jacoby Myers. Let's go. Let's go. As my we wide receiver, as my wide receiver six in a full yeah. PPR. Wide receiver six for now, three in a month. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. No, nope. I tried I tried giving you a nice thing and you took it too far. Uh, all right. Here at the 12-6, I'm on the clock. Let's take a look at the running backs that are available as I've only got four on my roster so far. Uh, there are guys like Deonta Foreman, Devin Singletary, Deuce Vaughn, Kenneth Gainwell, Roshan Johnson, uh, all available. Staring me in the face. Let's go ahead and add Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, Derek, you talked about him on the all-sleeper team uh, episode here this week talking about Kenneth Gainwell here and how he is receiving some positive buzz here as we go into the season potentially taking over that role that was supposed to be Rashad Penny's right Rashad Penny went off the board where in the world did Rashad Penny go off the board dramatically higher than uh, oh the 910 uh and there's the possibility that Rashad Penny is the RB3 on this roster and Kenneth Gainwell is the main guy like uh there alongside DeAndre Swift as the main ball carrier here so Kenneth Gainwell worth the dart throw there at the 12-6 to be my RB5. All right, Derek, you are now on the clock at the 12-9. Where are we going? So I know we mentioned Kenneth Gainwell during the all-sleeper team. And the only reason I took him before this guy is because I knew Sapi wasn't going to take him. But I'm going to go ahead and take Roshan Johnson. I love in the back half of the 12th round. I truly believe that he's going to have a very big role this season, whether you think it's splitting the carries down the middle with Khalil Herbert or my belief that he's eventually going to be the lead dog in this backfield. Uh, Either way, I think he's going to have a role in this Chicago offense that was led the league in rushing in 2022. Now I finally have to kind of pivot to the tight end position. I am super happy to get Luke Musgrave. I know it's a rookie tight end and rookie tight ends can't break out, but he's been getting all the run with the ones. He's seen a great target share during the snaps that we've seen from Jordan Love under center during the preseason games. All reports have been very positive, and I really liked him as a receiving tight end prospect coming out of college. So for me, I'm so happy to get him as a late-round tight end dart throw uh, on my roster. And he's a Packer, and I just get to take him from Soppy too, so there's a little bit of pleasure in that. Double dipping in the Jordan Love pass game for you. That's that's a that's bold gotta strategy. Feel, that's got to feel good. It's got to feel good. All right. At the 13-7, I went with Marvin Mims here. Uh, guys, I, it's Jerry Judy's currently out with that hamstring injury. Maybe he's mm. back by week one. But Denver released Marquez Callaway and Kendall Hinton. Now, I don't know if they're going to bring them back on the practice squad or how in the world that's going to work. But it's Cortland Sutton. It's Marvin Mims. And it's Jerry Judy as the wide receivers here. If Jerry Judy's not ready to go week one or week two, Mims could be in line for six plus targets here in yeah, week one uh, to kind of easily to kind of just see how this he's absolutely worth adding to kind of see how this all plays out there. Uh, so Marvin Mims at the 1370 to be my wide receiver six. Uh, then Sampi, you're on the clock here at the 1312, making you two final selections, my friend. Yeah, I'm going to round it out with a handcuff and a long shot. I mean, that's it's no secret. I guess I have an archetype for a receiver here. I just love the big play and love the good offense which kind of runs counterintuitive to my love with Jacoby Myers. I was about but to say, either, yep, I was going to Yeah, either way, <laughs> there's an exception to every rule, right? Isn't that the rule, that there's an exception to every rule? So we're going Ty Chandler, not 100% sold on Alexander Madison. And if something happens to Madison right now, Chandler steps into the workload 
role on an offense that we all think is going to be top 10. They're going to be potent. They're going to be in scoring position. So you could do worse there. And then MVS for me, getting a piece of that Patrick Mahomes led offense. And he's the guy that I think has that deep role. Like say what you will about how many targets that is on a weekly basis. But even if it's four to six, I'll take four to six Patrick Mahomes targets in the final round of my draft over, you know, six to eight targets from other quarterbacks. Like Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, all right, at the fourteen six, I'm gonna go We're with ten, homie. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jerome Ford here at the fourteen six. Uh, there was some concern that you know, uh, Demetric Felton was going to be the third down receiving back here in this offense. Uh, he got released by Cleveland yesterday. So Jerome Ford seems absolutely in line to be the RB two here for this offense as the third down back. Uh, I know they traded for Pierre Strong, but he's gonna be there as sort of a complement to Nick Chubb, a sort of insurance option there if something were to happen to Chubb. Jerome Ford is in line for a clear role this year, and that's more than you can say for a lot of these other running backs here uh, at this stage of ADP as a running back six. He's a guy that I'm drafting every single chance that I get. Derek, your final selection here at the 14-9. Yeah, I want to say, outside of Jonathan Taylor, has there been an Indianapolis Colts running back that's been selected? I don't believe so. The real question is, which one do we take? Because yeah. <laughs> right now, it's, what, behind him, it's Zach Moss, who is dealing with an injury. Evan Hall, a rookie out of Northwestern, that I really like his pass-catching capabilities. But, you know, as a pure runner, is he better than Deion Jackson? We'll see. But it feels like there's an opportunity late in drafts, right, to throw a dart at this backfield. And to be honest with you, I, I really like Evan Hall. Is there a chance where he's just a guy in the NFL? possibly but there is a lot he led the fbs with 55 receptions last year yeah. like he's got a pass catching skill set i don't know how valuable that is with anthony richardson but we've seen him also stick his nose in there he's a tough kid and he actually puts someone on their on their rear end uh, against philadelphia in in pass protection so i i think if this kid continues to run hard play hard I think he's going to get some looks in this offense, and I'm interested to at least stash away one of these Indianapolis running backs to start the season because we we all are very skeptical whether or not he, Jonathan Taylor is ever going to put on a, a Colts uniform again. So mm -hmm. I want to get some stock in the backfield. I could completely swing and miss, but he's worth the dart throw in the last round of fantasy drafts. It's, it's really interesting with the strategy here too in the final two rounds of your draft you're taking guys that you're hoping to get ahead of the waiver wire on you're taking these guys that they you're seeing how they play out in week one week two and if they don't play it if they don't pan out then you simply move on from them and you release them to pick up that hot waiver wire ad if Deion jackson is the guy in indianapolis are people going to be clamoring over themselves to go get Deion jackson now don't get me wrong he'll be like the top waiver wire ad on the week but because of the unknown of what evan hull could be Right. I think that you would see if Evan Hull did show some flashes in week one and outproduced Deion Jackson, that fab bid is going to be like $40 for Deion Jack or for Evan Hull versus, you know, potentially 20 for Deion Jackson. So I think that strategy there is like, get the flashier name, get that potential where if it pans out, then you got that name. You didn't, you saved that fab versus with going Deion Jackson there. Then Evan Hull shows some flashes and you are like, man, I actually want Evan Hull. Then you got to drop Deion Jackson and spend that big fab money for for Evan Hull there, I think that's the strategy to deploy. So I would go pro I would go the same way. I would be going with Evan Hull over Deion Jackson just simply because we just don't know what to expect and try to get ahead of that waiver wire. That's sort of the strategy there. All right, Derek, let's have you run through your lineup top to bottom. Who did you end up walking away with here in this draft? 
Yeah, so at quarterback, I went with Geno Smith. I got him in the 11th round. Feel really good about that. Joe Mixon was kind of the end of my running back tier for top 10 guys. Got him at the end of the second round and kind of avoided that running back dead zone that scares the living bejesus out of me. Damian Pierce is my running back too. Love it for the 2023 season, even if he doesn't. Jamar Chase, Calvin Ridley, Christian Watson, uh, all being my top three receivers. I- I'm I'm extremely high on that feel like it's one of the better receiver rooms that I could come away with in a, in a draft. Um, you know, Luke Musgrave at tight end, you know, I'm, I punted on tight end. I'm okay with it. I really like Luke Musgrave as a sleeper tight end. And then I'm just loaded to the gills with, with, you know, wide receivers that can fit into that flex spot. Deontay Johnson, target hog, say flowers, really nice looking rookie receiver in an offense that I think is going to be really good. Elijah Moore, we've talked about before, really like him. Brian Robinson at least gives me an option to plug and play at the running back two position. Uh, Tank Bigsby, Roshan Johnson, and Evan Hall all represent rookies that have potential to hit the ground running in the middle to late part of the season and high upside in offenses that I think could be better than expected in 2023. All right, for my roster here, I went Anthony Richardson at quarterback. I've got at running back Alexander Madison, David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, Jalen Warren, Kenneth Gainwell, Jerome Ford. At wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore, and Marvin Mims. And then, of course, at tight end, I have the man, the myth, the legend, Travis Kelsey there. Uh, it, I think going Kelsey, you always, whenever you draft Kelsey, you always get to the end of your lineup. You look at your draft and you're like, man, running back's really thin. Uh, you like and these running backs. I just don't know if I feel super comfortable with, yeah. but then you make up for it with Travis Kelsey scoring 20 freaking half PPR points every single week. So <laughs> that is the way to look at it here. I would love to have a little bit more running back depth there, but going the top tier tight end and going the top wide receivers that I did can't be too unhappy with it. Soppy, your team, you want to run through that top to bottom. Picked at the turn here in our 12 team league team. Big plays for days has Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Tony Pollard, and Khalil Herbert is my starting running backs. Receivers, Stefan Diggs, George Pickens, and the consistent Tyler Lockett. Mark Andrews to complete my Raven stack is my tight end. My current flex, Gabe Davis. So I do have both Bills receivers. I'm not sorry about it. On my bench right now, I have both Miami running backs that I think are viable in Moster and A-Chain. My guy, Jacoby Myers, Kendra Miller, Ty Chandler, and rounding things out is the ultimate big play threat in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. All right, fellas, put a bow on it. That is the end of mock draft season here for us on the podcast. What a season it was. And we are ready for some actual drafts to happen here and getting into some actual fantasy football happening on the TV. Gentlemen, that will do it. Make sure if you are listening to this still, make sure that if you're watching over on YouTube that you like this video, subscribe to the channel, you click that bell to get notified for when our new content drops. Additionally, go to pfnfantasy.com, check out the free fantasy football draft kit, everything you need to dominate your drafts here this weekend, a big, big fantasy football draft weekend. You're yeah. going to want to utilize this draft kit. All right, that'll do it for Derek Tate and Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.